Welcome back, and thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I just recorded like five minutes of an ep- of this episode, and nothing was plugged up. <laughs> I'm glad I caught it. Um, nonetheless, I wanted to uh, wanted to get on here and talk about something. Uh, it's rare that I get ideas, um, or I don't. I want to say ideas. It's rare for me to get suggestions from people on episodes to do for this podcast. Uh, one because it's just kind of weird, but then two, I never solicit them. Right, so like I can, I can read something, get an idea to do an episode on, but it's rare that somebody says, "Hey, you should talk about this." And then I ended up talking about it. We we've solicited for um Eclectic's podcast uh when we do the uh fantasy drafts together, but I've never I can't really think of any other time where I've actually um taken the advice on something when someone said, Hey, you should probably talk about this. But I said all that to say this, I, and I wanna um shout this brother out. Um I Vic Michael on Twitter hit me up the other day and uh he's a listener and he asked me a question and i found the question to be very intriguing and i'll I'll read to you the question it said i had a question would you ever make a podcast episode as to why you didn't make it to the nfl or if you wanted to play in the nfl after college in the first place and that was really 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 a dope question to ask because i had never been asked that before or at least never even talked about it on this on this podcast so i was like yeah i'll, I'll do a i'll do a bonus episode i'll say be something good to talk about um so why didn't i make it to the nfl as many of you know maybe a few of you know <laughs> uh i played football growing up i played organized football at the age of eight from the age of eight through pop warner through middle school high school on the jv team and then the varsity team all the way through college at South Carolina State University. South Carolina State University is a historically black college located in the city of Orangeburg, South Carolina, about 90 miles away from where I grew up in Florence. And I played, you know, the entire time that I was there, uh, actually lettered, (laughs) and I got my degree from South Carolina State. Um, But I knew that the nfl wasn't you know likely (laughs) and i I, when i responded to uh vic michael um i told him that you know in my response i said you know standing at a at a a firm five foot seven (laughs) uh that that probably wasn't going to happen and you know i said that in jest but i mean I'm being honest. I'm five seven for real, right? So my height, I think, is super dope. Like I've never, my I've never been tripping on my height because I've been my height for since what tenth grade. <laughs> Stop growing. Um, but if you listen to this podcast or if you know me personally, you know that I am an extremely confident person. So I'm not bugging off of how tall I am or aren't. Um. So, yeah, so, you know, it was just, you know, 
at that time that I came out of school and I finished uh, playing football uh, and graduated, it was, you know, it was a different day and time for wide receivers. And that's the position that I played. I played wide receiver. Um, just to add some context, uh, I'm going to name a few wide receivers that were drafted in the same year that I came out of college. Um, actually the first pick of the NFL draft that particular year was by the New York Jets. They drafted a guy that played at USC, the University of Southern California, a guy by the name of Keyshawn Johnson, right? Um, with the seventh pick, the New England Patriots drafted a guy by the name of Terry Glenn. Rest in peace. Um, who else? Who else is drafted in that draft? Oh, at number 19, the Indianapolis Colts drafted a receiver out of Syracuse. He wore number 88. <laughs> uh, the Buffalo Bills drafted Eric Moles at number uh, 24. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, Amani Toomer was drafted by the New York Giants in the second round. Um also in the what third round, the 89th overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers drafted a guy by the name of Terrell Owens. So these all were like killer receivers. I mean, like there was even, I mean, like some of the other people drafted in that draft, uh, Jonathan Ogden by the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Lawrence Phillips by the St. Louis Rams. Um, Eddie George got drafted by the Houston Oilers at the time. Um, oh, 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 the Baltimore Ravens also selected a guy out of Miami by the name of Ray Lewis. So like this draft was loaded. Right. And if we're being honest, you know. NFL teams weren't checking for five foot seven receivers. Uh, you know, the running joke was that. I was probably five years behind because, you know, five years prior to that, the um, the NFL were teams were drafting smaller receivers um, to perform in the run and shoot offenses for the teams that ran the run and shoot. Um, and the run and shoot is, you know, was that offense was ahead of its time, but it was only a couple of teams running it. But I just honestly, man, I just I didn't have I knew going in like, you know, the NFL was probably not going to happen. And then also, you know, full disclosure, one of the reasons that I knew it was going to happen either is because of lack of productivity. I mean, I didn't catch a lot of passes. Like we didn't throw the ball a whole lot at South Carolina state at the time. I mean, now everybody plays in the spread and they throw the ball all over the field and everything like that. And, you know, back then, you know, it, I had a few catches, but I didn't have a lot of catches. So it's not like, you know, NFL scouts would come in like, hey, let's let's get the tape on that uh, number 12 guy. No, nah, it wasn't like that. So that was a reason. And then another reason, I'll be honest, man, like I lost a little bit of um, desire to play after I got suspended. Um, and I've never I don't think I've ever mentioned that on this podcast, but I got suspended um, for two games during my senior year. So what happened was, you know, like most teams, you have curfew, right? 
And I'll never forget it. I went to pick up my girl. We went to go get something to eat. We got something to eat. I dropped her off at her dorm and I got back to my dorm. And I was in the dorm at curfew. I wasn't in my room, but I was in the dorm. Now, technically, if you're in the dorm, are you really breaking curfew or do you need to actually be in your room in the bed under the covers at the time of curfew? Well, some punk ass <laughs> rat fink grad assistant turned me in. Um, and he knows who he is, so I'm not going to mention his name. He ain't worth it. Um, but uh, yeah, he turned me in. And so, you know, my position coach was like, you're going to be suspended for the next game. And, I, you know, I was I was pissed. I mean, like, because, again, I was in the dorm. It'd be different if I was down the street. It'd be different if I was at the club. But I was in the dorm. I wasn't in my room, but I was in the dorm. And uh, full disclosure, there were other guys who were in the dorm that weren't in their room. But, you know, it is what it is. So everybody want to jump on old 12. Um, but I guess if the letter of the law which to me had not been drawn up. But if the letter of the law is that you have to be in your room, then by by definition, then I guess I am breaking curfew, right? So I got suspended for a game, right? And then so the following game, my position coach, who I don't like, and I still don't like to this day, and I have nothing good to say about him, decides to tell me that, hey, you're not going to play the next game either. Well, wait a minute. Because it was me and one other guy that got suspended for breaking curfew, right? And the other guy only served one suspension. I've never heard of anybody serving a two-game suspension. But he, he decided to hack on a two-game, on, on another game because he said I left campus um, the week that I was suspended. Well, the team was out of town. The team, because the game we were playing against Bethune-Cookman in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, and I didn't make the trip. I couldn't make the trip because I was suspended. So was I supposed to just stay on campus for the entire weekend? No. And what does it matter if I'm off campus or not? So anyway, long story short, me and my girl, we went we went out of town. I think we went to Columbia or something. We went out of town for the weekend and we kicked it. And that was that was that was it. So I get suspended for the second game. Here's the kicker. The second game was homecoming. So imagine you have given your blood, sweat, and tears. You won a championship, and it's your senior year, and you're the starting wide receiver for South Carolina State, and you get suspended for one game, and then they tell you that your senior year, the last homecoming game that you will ever play, you're suspended for that game. I was fucking livid if I knew then what I know now it would have been a problem I think I handled the situation way too mature I should have been immature I should have acted ass I should have went (laughs) I should have went a plum fool I should have done a whole bunch of things but I didn't I respect my elders, I, you know, because I, you guys know how I feel about my head coach. And I, again, this is coming from my position coach, not my head coach, because my head coach, I love him as if he's a second father. But he can't go across his assistant coach. 
he's got to roll with whatever the recommendation was for the assistant coach. So I had, I had a meeting with the head coach and I tried to go over his head or well, not the head. I would try to go over my position coach's head and I couldn't. And so my senior year, my, my homecoming game, I was standing there on the sideline with a Jersey in my pocket. Oh, and by the way, we lost the game after having an 18-game home winning streak. You see how karma is? <laughs> but, um, you know, I came back and finished the season or whatever like that. But I, I, it that experience left a bitter taste in my mouth. And I was just like, fuck this. I'm, I got my girl. I'm trying to graduate. I don't care about nothing else but my teammates. And that was it. And, you know, I was mad at the coach. I'm not mad at him to this. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I have no words for him. Like if I see him, I can't even say that I'd speak. And it's not, I'll put it like this for those of you listening. It's not too many people that I dislike in this world. He's one of them. <laughs> He's one of them. I just, I, I nah, it's not even worth me talking about. But anyway, so the suspension, you know, took some of the desire away to, to, to keep playing if if doors op, or if door if the door of opportunity opened up somewhere else um so he said did you want to play after college um not really not really i was I, by that time and having gone through that experience and you got to remember too like well you don't know but my junior year we were the black college national champions so to go from being the black college national champions to preparing yourself for your senior year, you thinking you're going to ball out. You know, I, I've met that, that year leading into my senior year, that summer, I've never worked that hard before in my life at anything. I mean, my body, my mind, physically, mentally, I was prepared for everything that was going to come because I knew that one, we were the defending champions. And so when you're defending champions, everybody's coming at you. So I got myself ready. And I don't think I've ever been more prepared for anything in life. And that season went south. And I think we finished, I think our record was six and four. And like, it was just forgettable. Like everything that you thought was going to happen, it went the other way. And so I, I didn't. I wasn't really tripping on that. I was like, all right, this is it. And so I never forget, like the last game of the season, I <laughs> I stood at midfield and I took, at the end of the game, I stood at midfield, I took a knee and I said a prayer. And I just prayed and I thanked God for allowing me to play football because football is my first love. Before there was any girls, before music, before anything else came into play, it was football at the age of eight. And so like, that's my first love. So, um, so no, I didn't, I didn't want to play at the college. I was cool. I mean, after that, after football season ended, my focus solely was on graduating, graduating and planning for the next step. And I didn't, I honestly, I didn't even know that the next step would be me graduating. And then six months later, moving to Atlanta, which is one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. I didn't know anybody here. I didn't, I didn't, all I knew was Freaknik. <laughs> I came to Freaknik in 94 and I fell in love with the city. And, you know, 
me and my boy Jay Fresh, we moved here together in uh, 1997, 25 years ago. And I've been here ever since. But no, you know, to answer your question, I, I, I was cool. I didn't have to play. Um, but it, it did not kill the love that I have for the game and, and watching football. I still love to watch football. Even to this day, football, football season is everything to me. I love football season because it's that's when I'm <laughs> I'm literally in heaven on Saturdays and Sundays. And and you know the games during the week, but mostly Saturdays. Saturdays and Sundays because that football is just exciting to watch. And it's even better to watch in person. Um but yeah, man, I, I um I, I had no desire to play in the NFL. I think the NFL is is great for those who can make it, but it's only a select few that get a chance to make it. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, everybody doesn't play for 15 years and make millions and millions of dollars. You know, um, it's the best temp job in America, you know, because you're not going to play it forever and you really don't know when it's going to end. And I played with guys in college at South Carolina state who went on to play in the NFL some had short careers, some had longer careers, but you know, it's all in what you can make of it. And sometimes it's not necessarily about your talent. Sometimes it's just about being in the right situation. Sometimes it's about being in the wrong situation because more often than not teams know who they want and they know when they bring 90 guys into camp, they know that they have to trim the, the, the rosters down to 55. They know that you're not going to make the team, but you know, it's in their interest for you to be out there practice until you know the season starts because they need bodies so it's a lot of uh different things that i feel about the nfl is politics um their stance on player safety i mean the nfl preaches we want to save the players we want to protect the players well you can't you can't in in good conscience you can't tell me that you're trying to protect players if you got players playing 17 games of football <laughs> I mean, that's a contradiction in and of itself, you know, but the NFL is, you know, I, and I've said it before in this podcast and I've, I'll continue to say the NFL is full of shit, you know, but I have come to grips with where the NFL is and what the players are and where they stand and where I stand with all of them. They're putting their bodies on the line for my entertainment. Nothing more, nothing less. And for as much as we say that we care about NFL players, we don't. We care about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. The players that we're watching today, a lot of them will be struggling to keep their health and for some, their sanity. Five, ten years from now. And we won't care because for the, for the most part, we won't even know. Would I have liked to have been in that company? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I never I never really allowed myself to think, you know, past college football. But my dad always told me, he said, hey, you, you keep playing until somebody tells you that you can't play anymore. You know, fortunately for me, it came to college. And now and I was cool with that. I, when that final game ended in Charlotte, North Carolina against North Carolina A&T, I was totally content with walking away from the game. And a lot, you know, uh, unlike a lot of my teammates, I knew who Kyle was and Kyle wasn't just a football player. He was a kid to play football. He wasn't a football player. And 
football didn't define me, even though a lot of people know me through football, especially my school. I, I mean, if you know anybody that went to school at the time that I went to school at, at South Carolina State, people, that's what they know me for. But if you know me, <laughs> you know that I'm more than just a football player. But I love the game. And, um, you know, if I had to do it all over again, uh, I would do things a little different and I may get different outcomes, but I don't, I don't necessarily know that I would have been doing anything to try to make it to the NFL. Cause I was cool. I was cool. Once it was all done, you know, I wasn't someone who had to try to find themselves or find their identity because everything is tied up into my athletic ability. Nah, that wasn't me, but I gotta say, I Vic Michael, I appreciate the, uh, the inquiry and appreciate the inquiry leading to content. Um, if any of you listening <laughs> have any, any personal questions that you want to ask that may turn into content, hit me up on Twitter at 12 Kyle. Uh, that's going to do it for me. Thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.